This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. You, Mr. Roth, a Twitter employee, were exchanging communications on Jira, a private cloud server, with CISA, NASS, NASED, and Alex Stamos, who now works at Stanford and is a former security, of, um, security officer at Facebook to remove a posting. Do you now remember communicating on a private cloud server to remove a posting? Yes or no? I wouldn't agree with the characterization. I don't care if you that agree. This, Do you, this, is, this is your stuff. Yes or no, did you communicate with a private entity, the government agency, on a private cloud server, yes or no? The question was if I could. Yes or no. Yeah, I'm on time. Yes or no. Ma'am, I don't believe I can give you a yes or no. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that you did, and we have proof of it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is joint action between the federal government and a private company to censor and violate the First Amendment. This is also known, and I'm so glad that there's many attorneys on this panel, joint state actors. It's highly illegal. You are all engaged in this action, and I want you to know that you will be all held accountable. Mr. Williams, wouldn't the American people feel like this government wasn't so weaponized against them if there wasn't such a revolving door between... Department of Justice senior officials and lobbying? I, 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 I don't quite follow the premise of your question, sir. Well, it's pretty easy. There's a revolving door between senior officials at the DOJ and the lobbying profession. Do you think that that gives the public more or less trust? There are rules governing what employment, and this is based on my understanding, I've been government for 15 years, governing what post-government employment can be. One, what individuals' actions can be once they're employed elsewhere, but also what they're allowed I mean, to do. Lobbying is influence peddling, and you are the principal at the Rabin Group, which is a lobbying firm. And I would observe the reporting of Project Veritas, where Jordan Tristan Walker, who's a director of research and development, said on a recording, one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just manipulate COVID ourselves, mutate COVID via directed evolution? Pfizer is a revolving door for all government officials. It's pretty good for industry, to be honest. It's bad for everyone else in America. Pfizer is one of the clients of the lobbying firm that you're a principal of, isn't it? I do not represent Pfizer. I do not know, You're, sir. you're a principal of the Rabin Group, right? No, I, that, that is correct. I, I okay, mean, uh, I Mr. Chairman, so I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the clients of the Rabin, Rabin sure. Group, which include Pfizer. That objection. Not just Pfizer, but Google as well. And in response to the Twitter files, we saw a statement come from the FBI where they said correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional, long-standing, and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements. Are there such engagements between the FBI and Google? 
When you say such engagement, sir, I don't quite Does Google engage with the FBI, Mr. Williams? I don't work for either Google or the FBI, sir. Oh, gosh, I'd I'd have to again point you to your own client list that you advertise on your own website, which includes Google. Does it surprise you that at the Raven Group's website, Pfizer and Google are clients? It does not surprise me, sir, no. The the Soros-funded Open Society is one of the clients as well. Does that surprise you? Sir, I don't have our client list in front of me right now. I will, uh, assuming that's what it says, I will I will take your word for it. Yeah, I would think that maybe one of the legislative initiatives we could pursue would be to tighten this revolving door that folks at Pfizer and folks at Big Tech seem to freely acknowledge, in which you seem to be the incarnate of the revolving door. Uh, Mr. Baker and Ms. Parker, Wait, so, wait, sorry, I want to assure you both that I want to assure you both that we come okay. not. Okay. To- um, you've got Luna Gates and Loomer. Uh, Laura, explain to us. Why you're RICO? Why are you suing these guys for RICO, Big Tech, and these others? Why is it so important? Because we want, we could have played other clips from others. They were all over them the last couple of days. But why is your case, which is people dismissed at the beginning, now getting traction in the fact that they're starting to lawyer up against you, ma'am? Well, thanks so much for having me on, Steve. I appreciate it. And look, you know, this is an argument that I have been making for literally five years. Okay, I first filed a lawsuit against Google, Facebook, Twitter and Apple in 2018, in which uh, my legal team and I made the claim, right, that these companies were acting as state actors. And this was 2018 that we argued that they were colluding, okay, together in a manner to interfere with our elections and overthrow the United States government and steal the election from President Donald Trump. We now know that to be true. Uh, The House Oversight Committee and the testimony from uh, the Twitter executives who not only perjured themselves, themselves, but also evidence that was inserted into the committee and congressional record by Representative Luna and others shows that the claims in my current RICO case that was filed in May of 2022 prior to Elon Musk purchasing the company, because a lot of people have attacked me and said, oh, why are you attacking Elon Musk? This has nothing to do with Elon Musk, okay? This is a lawsuit that I filed months before he purchased the company. I had no idea that Elon Musk was going to be purchasing Twitter. And simply because somebody purchases a company, that doesn't erase liability from all of these other criminal executives, people like Jack Dorsey and Vijaya Gade and Yael Roth, who committed criminal election interference. Uh, I want to take you through the claims because some people want to understand better, I guess, uh, why I've decided to go with RICO. Uh, RICO, the racketeering. Hang on on one second. Before you get to the claims, I want you to go through that. But um, because people are going to say already, oh, this is insane. She just said the election was stolen. You're going to prove in your case your claims about all this collusion, all this working together. As in a, in a in like the mob does in Rico, and you're gonna pr- you're gonna bring evidence that supports the fact they suppressed they suppressed the reality of the of the 2020 presidential election. Correct? You don't have to present that now, but that I, is I, that I is what the gist of your case is, right? I am walking evidence. I was the first and only deplatformed candidate in United States history. Okay, so I am walking evidence, and we have supplementary evidence now that we know that these companies, especially people from Twitter and Facebook, and individuals from SISA, okay, who said that the 2020 election was the most secure election ever, were having communications on a private cloud ser- cloud server known as Jira 
on November 3rd, 2020, the day of the stolen election. And so we know, and uh, of course, this is unprecedented. Uh, like I said, my case was filed in May of 2022, but this is now, uh, you know, added evidence uh, for my lawsuit. And we see that the claims and the testimony under oath made by these executives shows, right? It, it's supporting evidence for the claims in my RICO case. And uh, just like did, you did, called hang, it- hang, hang on one second, hang on one second. Did did Congressman Luna walk them into a perjury trap? She was said on the show yesterday they perjured themselves. Do you believe that also that she walked these executives because they had additional evidence that she walked them into a perjury trap and they in fact did perjure themselves? They perjured themselves. <laughs> she didn't even have to walk them into a perjury trap because they perjured themselves multiple times prior to Representative Luna even questioning them. They perjured themselves regarding uh, material support to terrorist organizations when they said that they didn't know whether or not uh, there was monetization for the Taliban accounts and other Islamic terrorist accounts that they have. That is a claim in my uh, RICO case. They violated uh, U.S. law. Uh, by specifically uh, Section uh, 2339B, providing material support and resources to a terrorist organization. We have countless examples of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, utilizing uh, or providing material support to groups like ISIS, the Taliban, Hamas, the Muslim Brotherhood, and uh, Iranian sponsors of Islamic terrorism. So uh, they lied about a lot of things. And I don't know why these people aren't in prison for committing perjury. I don't know why Jack Dorsey isn't in prison for committing perjury five years ago when I called him out during the congressional hearing on tech censorship. We got a couple of minutes. Walk through your, your basic charges. Walk through the basic charges of the case. And why, and we want to know why you brought a RICO uh, case. Well, look, uh, RICO has been famously used by people like Rudy Giuliani for breaking up the mafia. And that is exactly what big tech is. It is a big tech mafia. OK, and they are using, uh, you know, techniques just like the mafia does to carry out acts of organized crime. This was an act of organized crime and people like Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg and others are in a big tech mafia in Silicon Valley. So my complaint specifically alleges that these defendants have engaged in a pattern of racketeering activity, including uh, the violation of numerous federal criminal laws, including, and I'll go through the, the codes, okay, 18 U.S.C. 1951, interference with commerce by threats of violence, okay, 18 U.S.C. 1952, interstate and foreign transportation in aid of racketeering enterprises, uh, 18 U.S.C. 1343, wire fraud, 18 U.S.C. 2339B, providing material support or resources to terrorist organizations, and finally, 18 U.S.C. 2385, advocating overthrow of government. We know, okay, that executives at Twitter, including Jack Dorsey, helped advocate for uh, this uh I guess you could say total anarchy that led to the overthrow of our election. They put the Black Lives Matter terrorist symbol in their bio. They supported Antifa accounts. There's whistleblowers that have evidence showing that uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter terrorists, Islamic terrorists, and individuals who supported and worked to steal the election in 2020 were you know, plotting a coup. This is what it was, Steve. And I think that we would all agree. Okay. The ousting of President Donald Trump from the White House is a coup. This is an act to overthrow the United States government. And the financing came from big tech social media tyrants, 
right? You look at the dark money, the nearly four hundred. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Slow down. You're gonna you're going to prove all that in in a court of law with evidence and all this, correct? This is the point. You've got lawyers. You're doing this right now. Talk about the lawyers on the other side. How they're not dismissing this as the rantings of a mad woman. They're taking this seriously, are they not, ma'am? They are taking this very seriously. Okay, so they are right now trying to prepare a motion to dismiss, and uh, they recently lawyered up. So at first, they weren't going to be using uh, outside legal counsel. We were notified over a month ago, uh, my attorney John Pierce and I, that. Uh, they were not going to be utilizing outside counsel to fight this case. Then Twitter Legal literally went behind Elon Musk's back and hired Perkins Coey, despite the fact that he said that it's a crooked law firm and that he encouraged people to never use them. So then Elon had to issue a statement and say that Twitter Legal made an error when in reality they went behind his back uh, against his own um, against his own word and brought in Perkins Coey. Then when he had to issue hold, a hold statement. Hang, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, slow down. I, Hang on, slow down. I just want to make sure people understand. They hired Mark Elias's the the firm of of, of Mark Elias, and I think essentially uh, the yeah. firm of Bob Bauer, right? I know they're gone now, but they 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 hired the heaviest of the heavies uh, on your case, correct? When they hired this, when this flap about Perkins Coy came up with Elon Musk, that was because they retained them as outside counsel on your case. Uh. Yes, because Elon Musk didn't want outside counsel in the case originally, okay? And then Twitter Legal uh, went behind his back. And I'm not making this up. There's literally a Reuters and a Bloomberg Law article about this. If you pull it up, you can show your audience. And he had to issue a statement in which he said that Twitter Legal made an error. How does Twitter Legal make an error when they have to get oversight from Elon Musk? No, he was on the record over a month ago publicly saying on his own account that Perkins Coie was corrupt and that everybody should boycott them. That's how much they view me as a threat. Then when Elon said, no, we're not using Perkins Coey, yesterday my attorneys and I were notified that Twitter and Jack Dorsey have retained Michael Gottlieb, who was Obama's uh, assistant general counsel, okay, during the Obama administration. And he was also in charge of detention operations with the Taliban in Afghanistan. So clearly my my claims are very serious because they also have retained, uh, these are all lawyers from Wilkie, Farr, and Gallagher. They have a woman who was once in charge of CNN's PR, who is a lawyer who's been brought on. So they have CNN PR lawyers. They have uh, the head of Wilkie Farr's crisis management firm, who also doubles as Barack Obama's lawyer. And these are the people that they're paying probably, what, $2,500 an hour to fight me for my lawsuit that people have called frivolous. No, yeah. this is a very serious lawsuit, and we're going to hold them accountable. Laura. Laura, we got to bounce. Give your social media how to people go where they go to find out more about the suit. Yeah, people can go to uh, loomer.com. That's my website. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Laura Loomer, and that's where you can support my legal defense fund. And uh, I'm also on Getter and Truth Social and uh, Gab at Laura Loomer as well. Thank Laura, you. thank you. Fight on, ma'am. Short break. Ukraine war next. Friends, you have to be blind not to see what's going on around the world. We're facing worldwide chaos on a whole new level, and it could all hit home really quickly in the form of food shortages, not to mention sky-high prices for basic groceries. That's why so many people are stocking up on emergency food right now. This food stays fresh in long-term storage, so it's ready when you need it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest preparedness company 
and right now they're knocking 200 bucks off their three-month emergency food kit. That's $200. Just go to preparewithbannon.com. That's preparewithbannon.com to get this kit. Your kit comes packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough to feed one person for three solid months. Be sure to get one kit per person in your family so you don't run out. You'll save $200 per kit by going to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. My Patriot Supply wants to make it affordable for you to protect your family. So don't delay. You get free shipping also. Go to preparewithbannon.com, preparewithbannon.com. Take action. Do it today. Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, CPAC.org slash War Room. Go there now. Get 47 bucks off the general mission ticket. We want everybody, I mean everybody, in the general Washington, D.C. area because CPAC this year is back in D.C. In fact, go in the chat rooms and ask the folks that went to Phoenix uh, for Turning Point or went to CPAC Dallas about the time they had. We promise uh, and commit that it'll be every bit as good or maybe even better than that. We're really going to get to know everybody and you guys will be active participants. We'll do some uh, audience Q&A uh, live on the show. So we're really looking forward. To, uh, Real America's Voice is going to have the entire crew there. It's going to be big. And, of course, you got, uh, what, you got Boebert. You've got Candace Owens. you got Kerry Lake, President Trump. Just uh, go to cpac.org slash war room. You can see all the speakers. Every day they're announcing more and more speakers, workshops, uh, side panels, sidebars, all of it. You get to meet everybody, all your contributors you see here. You get to meet them up close and personal. Uh, and uh, share your thoughts, you know, what you think about the country, the direction. Uh, you guys are the chairman of the creditors committee. Get to meet it all. I think we're trying to get Russ vote there. Do it live with us. A lot of people are going to be doing live co-hosting and live uh, hits uh, while we're at uh, CPAC. Um also, uh, promo code War Room on my pillow, the 2.0 pillow everybody's raving about. I know it's got to be good because the staff here, the, the production staff, they're, they're a little surly because they're busy. They got stuff to do. And, you know, they're, they're here is it's a 20 hour a day, six and a half day a week job. And so, um, but they're raving about the my pillow 2.0. They rave about it. And these guys don't rave about anything. Trust me. You always get the attitude, okay? But they're raving about the pillow, my pillow 2.0. Go there right now. Promo code War Room. You go there. You get the buy one, get one free. That deal's not going to last forever. So go do it today. Sleep the sleep of the just on the products of my pillow. Harnwell, uh, I got to talk about Ukraine because uh, today CNN. You get up early in the morning, and I know you know it's late morning for you guys, but they had the thing that Russia begins a massive offensive, and they're hitting them with rocket barrages along twelve different, I think, attack points. You read these stories. I had this really touching story the other day in the New York Times about a family, a, a little seven-year-old girl and her mom that had stayed in uh, Bakhmut against all, you know, everybody tell them, hey, you got to get out. They go, hey, we got nowhere to go because it's devastated everywhere. And then you see the happy talk of uh, Brussels and all this. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And then you find out Zelensky came back, came out really empty-handed because people don't want to. They don't want to take this war to the next level because they understand that then you could start getting uh, – and they're not going to liberate Crimea. That's a fantasy. We told people that was a fantasy. We said focus on what's going to happen. There. Forget the spring offensive. Forget some summer offensive. Focus on now because Putin and these guys are trying to give this a death blow 
by the first anniversary. Um, give you, I want to get to the Latin mass stuff in a second, but let's go to the Ukraine. Um, tell me about his trip through Europe actually had more divisions because Maloney and some others are calling him out saying, why are you meeting with the French? Why are you meeting with the Germans? Why are you doing sidebar meetings? Aren't we good enough? Ben Harnwell. Well, the, the, the short answer, presumably, Steve, is no. Um, there's a headline in today's Corriere della Sera, which is one of Italy's major daily newspapers, with the headline that the Zelensky, Macron, Schultz uh, improvised dinner didn't produce anything. And that uh, represents the general tone coming out of the press. Um, that and, of course, the bemusement as to how it was Zelensky so deliberately um, slighted Georgia Maloney, who'd been so all-in supporting the Ukrainian cause. Um, just to give a bit of background, um, the Ukrainians, to try to uh, uh, dampen the, the, the anger, said, OK, don't, don't worry, Zelensky won't come to Rome, but we'll organise a bilateral meeting in Brussels. Um, just, just the two of them together. And uh, as, as the appointed hour approached, Steve, Zelensky turned around and said, look, <laughs> I'm just too busy. I'm going to meet, I'm going to have six heads of government in groups. I'm going to do you all together in separate groups. So, um, so Italy had to be... Uh, had to be content with um, um, with a, a mutual but, adoration but, session with, with other glo- global but, leaders. But but, that, but, but, we, but hang on, we now know that there was a lot of tension behind the scenes. It was quite heated in the UK. It was heated there. He didn't really get the jets. The Germans are saying we got to slow this thing down. And there's two papers. I want our audience because our audience is the most sophisticated audience in all media. The Guardian, the old the Guardian out of the UK, the old Manchester Guardian. The Guardian is as far left as you can get. They got a piece by Simon Jenkins, and then the Telegram, which is the center right or what what passes for the right in the United Kingdom, has Richard Kemp. These two pieces are getting a lot of attention in the UK and internationally, and they kind of essentially lay out the case of what the war room's been talking about for months and months and months. That you got to stop the happy talk. And focus on what's really the Russian army is going to do. And they're going to try to deliver a death blow to the Ukrainian people, not just the army, but they're going to come in onto the, to the power grids. They're going to hit civilian targets. They're coming and they're coming hard. And in and, and, and Jenkins' piece, he's talking that if you give them F-16s, it, it's only going to show – it's going to be a major escalation. And we are not prepared. We, the West, are not prepared to really come all in on that escalation. Is that essentially the case that's being made now by – people who are really thinking this through in the United Kingdom and in Europe? Yeah, it is. If I might just read out, I think the the crucial extract here from the Simon Jenkins article in The Guardian, and for for Americans, Simon Jenkins is probably the UK's most uh, respected uh, columnist. He says this, that military experts explain that jets cannot conceivably be in use by the coming spring. Indeed, possibly not this year. Ukrainian pilots cannot be trained to fly them, nor ground facilities built to handle them. Jets cannot occupy territory and, as bombers, would be allowed only to bomb forces in Ukraine. Um, They they are of limited tactical use. Um, And that's basically a line that the war room has been saying 
since the whole discussion over the over the, the fighter jets um, started. We've also been saying, of course, that the discussion about fighter jet jets is a distraction. Um, because, why? Because by the time trained fighter pilots were ever to come online, this war will, will already be over because of what I'm going to come to next, which is the, the, the Colonel Richard uh, Kemp piece from um, today's Telegraph. And this is the, the spring offensive that uh, that Putin is is preparing. Just to, to look at some of the, the numbers here of what, what's being talked about and talking about the spring offensive, it's, it's about um, Putin massing around 2,000 tanks, 700 aircraft and between 300,000 uh, and 500,000 uh, infantry. This is a, a colossal uh, range of forces. Um, so I think that the, 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 the important line to take here on this is that when European leaders are talking about jets, what they are trying to do, or training pilots, what they're trying to do is to uh, extricate themselves from this war and the commitment that they've given thus okay. far without visibly but, abandoning but hang on. Uh, Zelensky hold, whilst hold doing it. so. Don't, 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 don't bury the lead. Let's go back to those numbers because this is the way the Russians fight, right? It's, it's war of attrition and they don't care how many bodies they throw into it. It's 2,000 tanks. And remember, all this happy talk about the tanks, the 31 tanks – from uh, the United States, from Abrams, super sophisticated. They couldn't be able to use these for a year or more, right? And you have to have American cruise logistics. There's leopards too. But I think the total commitment, when you add up everything, all different tanks, different logistics, different training, all the tanks, I think, come to 310 I be- or 200. Let's say 300, round up, 300 tanks. And these are commitments. People don't know when they're going to show up, how the crew is going to be there. Uh, against 2,000 of these of these Russian tanks that are kind of battle ready, they're, they're you know they're 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 ready to go. You got 200,000 conscripts to 500,000. They've re, kind of reformed this army, right? In its logistics chains, and it's not pretty. This is not going to be pretty. You know, they can't fight combined arms like the United States, which is infantry, armor, artillery, and and close air support. That's the most sophisticated in the world. The United States Army is the best at it, and people will tell you in the Army, all you retirees, all you colonels, enlisted guys, you know how complicated it is with the finest trained Army in the world. That would be the United States Army, how complicated. The Russians are just going to come and pound you, and they're going to use artillery, and they're going to pound you with the tonnage of like World War One. And so is Kemp is, – is Kemp's a warning, Colonel Richard Kemp in the Telegraph? Is that a warning – to the Tory party and to the British elites or who quite frankly in charge of Boris Johnson running around. And, and because here's who, here's who's going to suffer besides the conscripts they're throwing in like cannon fodder in the Russian army. It's the civilian, clearly the Ukrainian army, but the civilians in Ukraine, they're still there in Eastern Ukraine. And I think they're even going to come for at least the outskirts of Kiev. Is anybody like Boris Johnson taking on board what Richard Kemp is saying, uh, Ben Harnwell? 
Absolutely not. Um, and to answer your question, Steve, is this a warning? That is literally what this is. Here's what Colonel Kemp says. We must therefore be prepared for significant Russian gains in the coming weeks. We need to be realistic about how bad things could be. Otherwise, the shock risks dislodging Western resolve. Um, and that is basically the, uh, the, the Daily Telegraph trying to put its hands ahead of itself before the fall. Uh, because this is what's coming, and now they're trying to, to to get ahead of this and say, look, it's it's all part of the plan. But yeah. again, I have to. I, I come back to the point. I come back to the point. At this point, this is what the this is what we learned, Steve, uh, uh, over the last few days. I tell you with, what, with, Bo- with uh, the hang, hang on, ben, 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 hang on one second. We're going to hold you short commercial break. We got Joe Allen, Ben Harnwell. The United States media, MSNBC, CNN, the cheerleaders of this, the cheerleaders for what Mershama said was the charnel house of Ukraine. They're being walked down a primrose path, and trust me, not one of those European governments is going to come to bail them out when it gets tough. They're going to leave them to die in the mud and the fire of the Russian army in a winter. Next. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true, just like freedom itself. Nothing in life is free. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. With Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get the same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. That's B-A-N-N-O-N. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company that does. Patriot Mobile. You get there by going to PatriotMobile.com slash BANNON or call 972-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Um, read. I want to read that from Colonel Richard Kemp again. It's in the Telegraph. People should know the Daily Telegraph is the Tory paper in uh, in London. Uh, it's one of the reasons that they were so wet, as they say, or so such squishes. This is why we started Breitbart London uh, years ago with uh, Raheem Kassam. Raheem was just a blogger at the time. Uh, and became a rock star as became the leading force um, really to support Nigel Farage and the whole Brexit uh, movement is because the media in, in the UK, as you remember, Ben, was so pathetic. But the, but it is the voice, it is the platform for the Tory party in uh, in London. And you can tell there's some, there's some people, Ben, who understand warfare and understand geopolitics and understand critical path. They see where this is going. And they want now to get off the bus, all the cheering, all the standing ovations. They understand that there's going to be blood, death, destruction um, because it's coming and it's coming big. And unless 
quite, let me be brutally frank, unless NATO, and NATO's hapless, the British can put up one combat division. I think the rest of NATO combined can put up two, two and a half combat divisions. I think it's two and a half to three and a half max. I mean, combat divisions ready to go in and fight. That's it. That's what you got because it's a protectorate. It's not an alliance. It's a protectorate. It's an American protectorate. This is what President Trump fought for to get them to start paying up to their 2%. And Ben, as you've done such a great job, the German people aren't into it. 45 polls out that Harnwell walked through. He say 45% of the German people wouldn't support the alliance kicking in to defend a NATO ally, a NATO, not Ukraine, a NATO ally being attacked, which is the, the keystone of the, uh, of that, uh, was it paragraph five or whatever it is, that one attack upon one's an attack Article upon all. Five. Here's where you're going to go. Here's where you're going to go. And here's you're going to see these cheerleaders on Capitol Hill. This thing's going to get horrible. The images are going to be horrible. Let me just get everybody. The images are going to be horrible. You think you've seen women and children done? The defense department says 40 to 50,000 civilians, mainly women and children, already been killed. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's going to get horrible. Okay, it's going to get horrible, and they're going to come in with the fist like they did when they broke. Listen, any group that stood up against the Wehrmacht in in the 1940s and Stalingrad and Leningrad, you know, know how to take a punch. Okay, they've taken a punch, and their army is obviously not close to where the American army is, not even the same universe. But that's not the point. There's going to be massive pressure to bring in the NATO alliance. There's going to be massive pressure to bring in the United States. And you're going to hear Biden just said the other day, whatever they need, okay? And what what they're going to need is American combat troops, okay? The 101st Airborne, for its first deployment, the the, um, revered 101st Airborne that stood at Bostone and held out in the Battle of the Bulge until Patton's Third Army relieved them, those heroes— they're on the board, the first European deployment since 1945. They're right there on the Romanian border of Ukraine and the quote unquote staying for another year. Ben Harnwell, read the warning from Colonel Richard Kemp one more time, sir. Absolutely, Steve. We must therefore be prepared for significant Russian gains in the coming weeks. We need to be realistic about how bad things could be. Otherwise, the shock risks dislodging Western resolve. Is that resonating? Now, given given the, the tour he just had with the King of England and, you know, and at West, it was at Westminster Hall, the, 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 the I mean, if the camera can pull in, look, look, look how dramatic that is. There are very few statesmen, if any, that ever get called to, to give a, a speech there. That is very, very, very rare. Okay, a joint session of, of parliament, lords and commons. Okay, and it's theater. That's Steve. And then you go theater. to the EU theater. It's theater. Okay, is 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 anybody? Are are the adults? Are the because he had a standing ovation in Brussels? Also, are any adults standing up and saying because it is the women and children in Ukraine, and of course this relative. It's really a militia, not an army. A, a citizen militia. And you can't question their heroism. Their heroism. Is the way they've stood under the blunt brunt of this is is amazing. It doesn't, but that doesn't get to the point. They're just being their lives are just being tossed away. Ben Harnwell, Steve, everything that you just said is absolutely correct. Um, 
what I what my my interpretation of events and of Zelensky's European tour. Uh, what we learned from this is that basically the European leaders are out. It's a no. Um, I don't know if Denver is able to put up the um, the, the cartoon from um, from the Times as I'm talking. There we go. That basically represents perfectly what we've just been witnessing. They're saying yes to fighter jets, but really it's a no. Um, and that's the Times. That's that's Murdoch Press for you. Um, the, the reason why I was saying earlier, Steve, um, about, about the Westminster Hall and the King and all this, that it's theatre, is because Rishi Sunak had already had the BBC briefed before Zelensky was even off his RAF plane at Stansted Airport. The BBC had been briefed that there were going to be no fighter jets committed. Um, another example... Right, because the BBC is, is, is the state-funded um, national broadcaster, so it basically tax the government line, the government of the day. Um, another indication, this is the first, right, a first of the diligently daily checking the international press. Here is an article. I'll just read the title from, from the BBC. Ukraine war. Belgorod locals live in fear but won't blame Putin. Um, oh, there it is. Perfect. So, um... Just to give a synthesis of the article, it's a human interest talking about market stallholders and all the rest of it um, in uh, on the, the the Russian side of the Russian-Ukraine border, talking about their 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 lives being upended by the war on the other side on the Ukraine side. How they still support Putin, how the the the, the, the morale is absolutely holding there, and how they're getting on, and that they think that the, the Ukrainians are are the, really the aggressors in this. Um, and you've got to say, why now? Why is the BBC starting to push this out? line out now because they're starting to say what we've been saying from day one which is that there are two halves to this story and i can suggest steve that the reason why they're doing that is because the british government is preparing as i was saying just before the break um it's looking for a way to extricate itself without visibly abandoning zelensky um which i think was yeah. what, what all the european yeah. leaders that's yeah. their strategy now and that's what we saw in brussels this is what i'm saying about President DM in in Vietnam, and I'm not saying Zelensky's going to be assassinated. But when they cut you loose, you get cut loose. You're going to see you're going to see all these cowards and all these capitals that led these people. Mersheimer said you're going to, they're going to lead the Ukrainian people down the primrose path and then cut them loose. You heard it here. We've been saying this, and now you're seeing it right now. Ben, we got to bounce. How do people get to you? How do they get to War Room Rome? How do they get to uh, all your content? Thanks. I, I've got a few interesting things up on my Getter feed right now as, as we speak. It's simply my surname at Harnwell uh, on, on Getter. If you don't, if you don't like apps, you don't do apps. You don't have a smartphone. All you need to do is a standard internet browser, getter.com. That will do. Just go to the search box. Go for the War Room at War Room or at Harnwell, uh, and there's loads of stuff here that complement what we what we push out whilst we're on air. Yeah. Great content. Ben Harnwell, thank you so much. Honored thank to have you, you on God here. Bless. Let me get, before we go to the cold, let me get Joe. Joe, uh, we warned about this day coming. And this is the thing about um, transhumanism and, and uh, enhanced homo sapiens. I said, I want to talk about this poll that's up in Daily Mail, that there's going to be 10% or 20% you know, that don't have a problem with this are not particularly religious, don't really believe in God, not really buy, don't buy into the Judeo-Christian West thesis, right? And they're going to be fine. 
And that cleavage in society is going to explode. Because all of a sudden you're going to have folks that said, hey, little Johnny, if I put a chip in him, you know, he can get into Stanford. If I don't put a chip in him, he's going go to go to Virginia Tech, right? So maybe we, chi- maybe we chip him. Maybe let's put something in his brain. What is that? Po- Before I go to the cold open, what does that poll say, sir, that is a warning shot? This is going to be a massive social issue, and it's going to be a huge political issue in the days to come. What does that poll say, Joe Allen? Well, in short, Steve, the poll is indicating that in the U.S., uh, especially among the young and especially among the educated, there is a huge appetite for what I would say is soft eugenics technology. Uh, If the guys at Denver could throw up the graph, maybe the audience could see specifically what we're talking about. Um, The study that was done by researchers at Harvard and Oxford, they polled 6,800 people in the U.S., and you had uh, about uh, 38% of uh, educated people uh, would, was, were willing to utilize genetic editing technologies on their children in order to get them into the top 100 colleges. That's actually a Pew uh, graph there. If you could throw up the other one, uh, please. But Okay, um, hold, 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 hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hang yes. on. Hang on. Hold, hold, let them get the right thing. I want to take time on this. Hit rewind and go back to that. Go back to that right now because this is everything, ladies and gentlemen. This is – you talk about a wedge issue – I'm going to give you a chasm issue, okay? We've, this is why Joe, Joe Allen came over here a couple of years ago. Give me that number again and the meaning of that number, sir. All right, Denver, if you throw up that graph again uh, for the audience to see, but what you have is uh, it's, it's much more than 20%. Um, you can see in the upper left-hand side that uh, among educated uh, young people, would be willing to utilize genetic editing technologies to improve their child's intelligence. Uh, If you go to the middle graph there, you see this is a polygenic risk score tests, Uh, basically prenatal screening so that uh, you are able to select an embryo for things like higher IQ. There you have almost half of these Americans polled saying that they would be willing to do this in order to get their child into the top 100 schools. Um, And then in the lower left-hand side, you see much the same thing. The upper being age, younger, it skews towards the young, and uh, the the lower being education. 38% of uh, mostly educated uh, people in the U.S. willing to undergo genetic editing to improve their child's IQ to get them into a top college um, and then, again, nearly half uh, of looking at uh, prenatal screening, they would be willing to select an embryo uh, whose genetic testing had indicated a higher IQ. What's also astonishing here, Steve, is you see the, uh, you know, among uh, the, 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 the older or less educated groups, groups you would anticipate would maybe be much more averse, it's not really that much uh, lower, you, roughly the same. And so in this, this tracks with a Pew survey conducted last year, which showed that roughly a third of Americans uh, don't have any problem whatsoever with genetic editing technologies, uh, particularly for uh, uh, healing uh, certain genetic defects before a child is born. All of this really leads up to the point that we are in a culture 
that is starting to embrace soft eugenics, or as uh, the scholar Nicholas Agar would call it, liberal eugenics, where you are selecting for superior genetic strains on the basis of personal choice or consumerism mm. as opposed to top-down state force. Okay, um, hang on. we got a cold open. We're also going to try to go Ben Burkwam's in Iowa. Kerry Lake is in Iowa. We're going to try to get to all that. Short commercial break. We've got an amazing cold open with uh, Joe Allen when we come back. Everybody hang on. Um, by the way, Joe, the uh, the folks of the Die Hard, we don't want to do this, are evangelical Christians, correct? Am I correct in that, sir? Absolutely correct. You hang on there, brother. From the Boston, Theolo- Boston uh, University School of Theology, the same as Dr. Martin Luther King, that would be our own Joe Allen. Short commercial break. Next. Fair warning. Listen to this convicted home title thief explaining what happens when he forges your home's title and takes over as the new owner. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance. It's in my name. Or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. You're living in a delusion. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, it's 60 to 90 days for that person to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You start getting foreclosure notices. You've got four mortgages on your house. You don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Home title fraud is growing two and a half times faster than credit card fraud. You could be a victim and not even know it. Here's how to protect yourself and verify your home's title is still in your name. Visit HomeTitleLock.com promo code radio. Then register your address for your no obligation home title report, a $100 value you get for free. Again, get your free home title report at HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Then hundreds of millions, and within 10 years, about 2 billion people will have had their whole genome sequenced. We are going to understand more about the essence of what it means to be a human being. Our most intimate traits, the way our brains function, our personality styles, we will be able to increasingly understand the genetic component of those traits. What if you have information that your kid has a better-than-average potential at being amazing at abstract math, or sprinting, or having an outgoing personality? Right now, about 2% of uh, children in the United States are born through a process called in in vitro fertilization, IVF. Um, It's about 10% in Denmark. The pre-implanted embryos can be screened for mostly single gene mutation diseases and disorders and simple traits like hair color and eye color and of course gender. We already have the ability to rank, let's say, let's call them 15 pre-implanted embryos from likely tallest to likely shortest. Within about 10 years, we're going to have the ability to rank them from likely highest genetic component of IQ to likely lowest genetic component of IQ. And on top of that, then we have these unbelievably power tools of precision gene editing like CRISPR. We aren't going to be starting from scratch and creating babies out of a computer, but we will be making small numbers of gene edits, whether it's one, two, three edits, five edits, maybe 10 edits. And people have a gut feeling, well, it's okay to eliminate risks, 
but we don't want to do things that feel like enhancement. But there will not be a clear boundary between those two poles. Within our societies, people have all kinds of views, ranging from extreme uh, people with strong religious views who have a strong aversion to quote-unquote playing God, to transhumanist biohackers who think it should be all systems go and everything in between. And if that isn't hard enough, we are doing it in a world driven by extreme competition. And we're going to have to make big decisions before we fully understand the long-term implications of the decisions that we are going to have to make. They've already made the decision. Come on, this is spin and happy talk, right? Joe Allen, what do you mean make big decisions? The only thing they're worried about is the Luda, is the, is the uh, rear guard action of uh, the uh, rel- religiously inclined, the believers in the Judeo-Christian West that says this must stop. That, that's it. Don't, don't, they're, not, they're not making any tough choices. The tough choice is how they overcome the resistance that's put up by the homo sapiens. Joe, Joe Allen, am I wrong in that? You study this for a living. Am I wrong in that assessment? Absolutely. I mean, there are a, a handful of atheist thinkers who make the same arguments from a naturalist point of view. But statistically, and certainly in my experience, uh, you have far more people who are religiously inclined because they don't see this world as the final testing ground for each individual. Uh, they're much more inclined to have a transcendent point of view so that one's IQ or one's beauty or one's physical strength isn't necessarily determinant of the value of the person. And so the, the gentleman we just heard, James Metzl, I mean, you're talking about uh, definitely a person who is among the elite, right? Uh, James Metzl, he served on the National Security Council. Uh, he served for the State Department. Uh, he dis- he served uh, the on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, you know, he he was schooled at Brown University, Harvard, Oxford. So you're talking about a guy here who is in some way speaking for many of the elites that he is in connection to. And in these institutions, it's undoubted in these institutions, one's IQ or one's in- intellect is necessary to, to thrive, right? If you have a high IQ, you are going to excel in those spheres, right? In those institutions. The same goes, though, for athletics, right? Or, or military prowess, martial prowess. Uh, your genetic predisposition is going to determine whether or not you perform at the top level. And so the appeal, the appeal of liberal eugenics, the appeal of soft eugenics is that parents want the best lives for their children and these guys are holding out the opportunity to do that. You have two things that are happening right now. You have in vitro fertilization and you have pre, uh, prenatal genetic screening. In combination, what that means is that you can fertilize, say, up to 10, 15 eggs, screen them, and then eugenically select them for the traits you want. This is happening, as he said, all over the U.S. It's happening all over the world. And in a culture of high competition, the appeal gets greater and greater, and it just goes from there. Joe, real quickly, give how your touch points. i got to go to Iowa and Ben Burkwam. Uh, We'll have you back on, obviously. Where do people get to your writings? 
Uh, you can find me at jobot.xyz, at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, and warroom.org under the transhumanism tab. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks, Joe. Uh, let's go to Ben Burkwam in Iowa. Why is Carrie Lake in Iowa? Is she running for president? Uh, is she trying to show some ankle here about running for president, Ben Burkwam? You know, uh, no, as far as I know, that that's not on the, the uh, docket for Carrie Lake. What she's doing and what I see, uh, the, the whole purpose of it is to re-inspire America. We have so many people that are running around doom and gloom saying, give up, you know, it's, it's not worth the fight. And Carrie Lake, there's really no better voice for the MAGA movement. President Trump and Carrie Lake, to me, are the, the top voices in that. And maybe, I mean, when, you t- when it comes to communicating to me, Carrie Lake is even better. So I, d- I don't say anything to President Trump about that, but she is the voice of MAGA. And so, and it also happens to be where she grew up. So I think there's some really cool stuff going on out here. But to me, the whole point is to re-inspire the base. It's what your show does every single day. It's what War Room does. It's what the posse does. It's saying, keep fighting. We know the left is evil. We know they're going to continue to cheat, but it's up to us you, to continue this fight for this ha, generation. Ha, 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 Charlie Kirk follows us right now. Ha, when her speech starts, are you guys going to do a live stream? How do people get to you and how they get to Carrie yep. Lake today? We'll have you on at five, but how do they get there in the interim? Yep, we'll be live on Rumble and Getter, and then I believe Charlie will be pulling it in uh, throughout his show as well. So, But check the uh, Real America's Voice, Rumble okay. and Getter. We'll be live. Well, I'm going to announce right now, Grace Chung and, and Captain Banner will do also pull a live stream, get all of our chat in there. We want everybody following Carrie Lake. So, Ben, fantastic. Look forward to seeing you back here at 5 o'clock. Great work, sir. Thank you, sir. Let's say hi to Carrie. Okay, uh, Charlie Kirk's next. There's going to be a live stream up on the Carrie Lake speech. There's a lot going on today. We didn't even get to half of the stuff I wanted to get to this morning. Five to seven live, back in the war room, late afternoon, early evening show. No better way to kick off a weekend because they always do a late drop on the news, and we'll be here. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. 
Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM Health, all one word, WARROOMHealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.